Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. We're in our fall series called Live Well. As we look at biblical principles together, this series will help equip you to live well through the challenges we all face in life. I want to welcome all of you, as well as those watching online, as well as those at 1230 to the first week of a spiritual journey we're going to take together. We're calling it Live Well. We're going to be talking about life, and for a lot of you, maybe you might think, wait a minute, is that something that God cares about? Does God want us to live well? Is that appropriate to talk about in church? I thought we're just supposed to kind of suffer till Jesus comes, you know? Does God really want that for us? Uh, And of course, we looked the first week, a couple of weeks ago, if you had the opportunity, when we kicked off and started introducing it, this is week one, we looked at a verse of scripture that comes from the red letters of the Bible. It comes from Jesus' own words. In John 10, 10, Jesus said, One of the purposes for which I came is that you might have life and live it to the full. Jesus says, I want you to live the life that I've created you to live. Now, Jesus was not contradicting himself in that he told us we would have tribulations and challenges and circumstances. We live in a broken world, but Jesus says, because I'm your good shepherd, because I love you, because I will guide you, I will direct you, I will protect you, there's a version of life that's available that brings a fullness into your world. And so that's what we're gonna talk about the next few weeks. I get really excited about it. I mean, I really think that as a pastor, one of my primary jobs is to equip you, to help you, to help you see God's biblical truth in your everyday life because the Bible is applicable to where we live. The Bible is applicable to what you're facing today. And so I'm excited about this journey that we're gonna go on this first week We're gonna talk about something that affects all of us, and that's change. Everybody say change. Change. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about how to interact with it. We're gonna talk about how it affects us on the inside, how it moves us in a unique way, how it pressures us in a unique way, how it introduces us to ourselves sometimes, and we're surprised by how we react to it. I'm gonna ask you if you have your Bibles to turn with me to the book of Joshua, that's in the Old Testament. Joshua 1.1. And the reason I chose Joshua, and we're gonna filter it through Jesus as always, and we're gonna look at who Jesus is. Joshua is actually a type and a shadow leading us to what Jesus does in our lives, but it's part of the big story of the Bible. It has the big characters of the Bible, and it's a moment of significant transition and change. And so I want you to look with me, Joshua 1.1. It's gonna take me a minute to get there. I do wanna celebrate last weekend. How many of you have had the opportunity to be a part of Next Generation Weekend last weekend? If you haven't had the opportunity, yeah, let's give God a round of applause for these young people. If you, haven't, if you were not able to be a part of the service, I encourage you to go online and watch the service in its entirety. I'm amazed, I'm amazed as I watched it online. These young worship leaders, watching these young communicators, we had four different communicators. I know that there's a version out there in the world that you know it's like things are getting worse and young people are just hopeless and they can't, you know, it's like, man, we're, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Well, this is my hope that the church of Jesus Christ is still preaching the Bible, 
leading people to Christ, and there's a next generation that will share the values of scripture and carry the mission of Jesus on beyond us. And that's what local churches that build with the value of spiritual family, just an organization can't do it, but families raise up sons and daughters. And I don't know about you, but I'm real encouraged about the future. I'm gonna tell you, man, there's some of these folks up here, they're like 17. That's a good thing they're not on the market because there'd be people in ministry looking for a job. Come on now, y'all know what I'm saying? They did as good as anybody on any platform, and I think they did fantastic. Let's give them another round of applause. I'm telling you, amazing, amazing. I'm gonna tell you, you every organization, every home, every family, they're looking for young leaders that have values and have conviction, and they're right there waiting to be developed. And uh, I just love watching them use their gifts. They're waiting for the opportunity to use their gifts. Thank you for being a church that empowers the next generation. Thank you for looking outside of yourself, valuing them, and I'm gonna tell you what's even also exciting. They were here leading us. There's a whole nother wave of them in the back that's coming too. And so we know that God's doing great and significant things. Thank you for investing in them. I wanna say thank you to Pastor Tyron, our entire Next Gen team, for pouring into these young people. It gets me excited, that's not my message today, but I could preach on that for the rest of our time right now because it's so powerful to not just say things, but see things. How many of you love when you see things? I think one of our young communicators said that. I wanna talk about change. You know, our world is changing fast. I mean, you don't really need any statistical evidence to recognize it. If you've been around any significant amount of time, you know that we're living in a, in a fast-paced world, in a change-oriented world. Technology has changed our world. If you look at it, we think a lot of the things related to technology are part of every day. It's not many years ago that it wasn't the case. Social mobility, affluence, and then just in the area and region of the country and the world we live in, we are a lot of change-oriented type people. We, we are people that are moving aggressively toward changes and new things. And, and so for the, the reality of that change being part of our lives, here's what I'm learning as a pastor when you think about live well, is that change is something we pursue. Change is, change is something that's pursuing us, but I'm finding we're missing some of the internal characteristics and foundation and character needed to live well through change. As I prayed for you this summer, I even began to just think about how just working with people, we're not, we're not managing life. We may be apprehending some things, but we're having a lot of valuable things that are falling apart in our lives because of the rapidness of change. How many of you in this room or maybe watching me online later or at 1230, how many of you moved in the last five years? Raise your hand. Now you can't see the vantage point that I'm looking from, but it's 95% of the room. Okay, well, so I'm, I'm talking to people that are gonna understand what I'm about to say. Okay, we're talking about change. Moving is from the pit of hell. <laughs> it, it is from the pit of hell, okay? Your world is in disarray, okay? You better have good friends that come over to help you because when they come over for dinner, you look like your world is sanitized and perfect. It smells like fabuloso. But when you start moving, you move your couch, there's fungus under there. There's dust bunnies under there. 
In fact, you think you're a clean person, go home and move your couch or move your teenage son's bed. There are science experiments growing up underneath that, right? And so you start moving, your life's in chaos, your world's in chaos. It's like, man, I just wanna get everything back to where it's settled. You know, you find out how much junk you have. Can I have an amen? You got so much junk. You're looking at, where'd we get all this? And usually there's one hoarder. Come on, elbow them, right? There's a hoarder in the bunch. I mean, I'm not the whole, I have a few things that I keep. I'll throw something away, man. I'll, t- I'll throw it away. I'll throw your homework away. I'll throw you away if you're my kid, if you get in the way. I'll just, well, we don't need that. We don't need that. I'm a minimalist, you know what I'm saying? I have five shirts, wear the same ones every week. Come on. And, and so you just, you're dealing with all this change and you find out you got so much junk and you can't, look, you got one box left over with a bunch of junk in it none of which you need, right? It's an art project, it's three mismatched socks, it's some paper clips, you know, and you can't find your toothbrush, right? You can't, we can't find what we need. Why am I saying all this? We've all felt that, the tension of moving, and so it is in multiple areas of our life when we're walking through change, there's a little, we're a little bit short, we're struggling relationally, we're trying to process it, and depending on the level of the change, then the pressure goes up. Moving's just one little simple thing, okay? But even the amount of you that have moved tell me you, are, you have a lot of change going on in your life. And we all look at it in different ways. I, I pulled up this statistic right here. It's called the diffusion. It's a graph that talks about the diffusion of innovation and it kind of helps us place ourselves in the change scale because some of us are a little more change-oriented than others. You probably married someone who's less change-oriented than you, and so you have some different tensions going on with that. First of all, you have 2.5% of people are innovators. And by the way, a lot of people who think they are innovators are, are generally not innovators because innovators don't even care what anybody else thinks. They just change stuff. They don't have a lot. They're, they're, they're disruptors. There's others that are early adopters who will grab some change, they'll implement it quicker, but notice the the bell curve there. Notice the majority of us are in that middle, that's why Jesus called the sheep. The majority of us are in that middle, needing direction, needing leadership, needing some help along the way, and then at the end, that's the laggards. And you may be change-oriented in one area, but not so change-oriented in the other. I'm a little bit of a laggard when it comes to technology. They said, my team told me, a new iPhone's coming out Tuesday. I'm like, so? I got one. I mean, I don't need another one, you know what I'm saying? It's like, we, we, come on now, you got areas of your life where it's like, I'll change here, but I'm not changing here. And so, but I do want you to point this out, look at it and understand something though. Five, at least more than five times more people are resisting change than those who are creating it. So what does this graph tell us? What is Jesus calling a sheep and in need of a shepherd? And we want this abundant life. What is that telling us? We're not as good at change as we might think. We're not as good at transition as we might think. You say, okay, well, let's just talk about what kind of changes are coming our way. First of all, there's good change. There's good change. When you graduate, you get past the second grade, you go to the third grade. When you graduate from high school, you go to college. I have two who have now gone to college. It's a good thing. It's a change in our house. It's emotional for mom. It's somewhat emotional for dad. My son came home for Labor Day. He goes to his, what he thinks is his closet. He's like, man, mom's stuff's in here. Mom said, I hijacked, I took my closet back. He said, what happened to my closet? I said to him, you're a visitor now. This is not your closet. 
you're now a visitor. We, uh, we apprehended that which was ours. And so, so there's change, like it's different, but it's, it's a change, right? So there's good changes in life, a promotion, a next step, but there's also bad changes. There's things that a loss of a loved one, the end of a marriage, a sickness, a health issue, a loss of a job. So we were working through the challenges of the way we didn't play out the scenario of our lives. We're trying to live well, but this is not what we expected, and we're trying to work it out. I wanna, I wanna give you a little, my, my, I wanna give you a pastoral heart here for a minute, okay? Working with all of you that 99, 95, 98% of you moved in the last five years. I, 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 see a, I see something happening in our culture today that I call restless change. Restless change. Meaning, we're not fulfilled in our souls so we create unnecessary changes that we're not being led into by the Spirit of God, but we're being led into by our restless flesh. I've done it, I've participated in it. Let me recommend being led by the Spirit, not being led by Jeff, because every time I've been led by Jeff and his restlessness, you end up with a bunch of stuff that you hate what you have, and it's like a big weight on your back, and you're carrying the pressure, and God a lot of times is saying, man, I wanted to help you, but you're out on your own on this one. Restless change. I see a world today where we're creating restless change, unnecessary changes that may not be directed by God. But as we look at Joshua, we're seeing a change initiated by God. And when God initiates the change, he prepares you to have the character. If you'll listen, if you'll participate, he'll prepare you with what you need to face the change. And that's what's happening right here in this big story, big story of the Bible. Moses, if you understand who he is, he had some insecurities, but God used him to go and set his people free and has a big encounter with Pharaoh. And so Moses helps them come out of, come from Egypt. They're coming from something. By the way, in transition, you're usually moving from something, but now Joshua is going to bring them to something, all right? So this is that middle place where we are in the middle of it, we're not where God wants to take us, but we've left where we've been, and that's where a lot of the tension comes, and so Moses has been leading these people. There's a lot involved in the story, right? And by the way, there's millions of them. It's hard for our mind to wrap around. They're leading millions of people through the desert, come on. And so there's a lot going on here, and the reason I chose this story, it's a big transition moment, but Joshua, it's not easy for us to relate to the fact that he's now about to take and assume the responsibility of leading millions of people through a massive transition, but a lot of the components we see here are very interesting and some we can relate to, but the main thing I wanna give you is what's God saying to him in the middle of it? What's God talking to him about? It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, I don't know how he can be son of Nun, but anyway, that was his dad's name. He was Moses' aide. Moses, my servant, is dead, so now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River. If you don't know the story, across the Jordan River is this land that God has promised them, and they could have walked into it sooner, but they've been wandering in disobedience, but now it's time for them to actually possess and walk into what God has for them. He says, into the land, and I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. 
Then he starts talking to Joshua, and I believe we can relate to this. He starts preparing him, and it's where all of us end up, and why we struggle to live well during change, is he starts preparing Joshua by talking to him about his fears. There's nothing like transition and change to surface every fear you've ever held in your whole life. And so he keeps reminding him of some things. He tells him what to do about that fear. He tells him what to do about how he's gonna walk through this and leading all of these people. He has these components. Get this, his mentor has died. He's moving millions of people. Come on, he has to tell them, you guys get some supplies, we're about to cross over. He's moving millions of people, dealing with all their different perspectives and their different attitudes. He's dealing with his own insecurities and fears. He's transitioning to a new place. So there's all these components and God comes in and understands where he's at. Verse seven, be strong and very courageous. He keeps highlighting, I'll be with you. I'll be with you, be strong and very courageous. He's dealing with his fear. Be careful though, now he gets into some instruction and we're gonna look over some different places in three chapters where we see God instruct him on how to handle change. He says this, be careful, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. He's talking about, look, as you now cross over, you need to anchor yourself to the truth and to the principles that brought you to where you are that will carry you to where you're going. Abraham Lincoln said the worst time to change horses is when you're in the middle of the stream. I can't tell you how many people I've seen end up in massive change and transition and then change in major areas of anchor points in their life. It's like you better make sure you have the anchor points of truth before you hit the change so that you can make sure to go, look, I'm not going to negotiate on this because I've got a lot of other variables going on. He says, look, don't get distracted. It's just how we tend to be. We like get into some change and there's a lot going on. It's like, whoo, whoo. No, 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 not the time for that. Don't compound it with a bunch of restless activity that can create intense pressure on top of the pressure you already have. He says, look, keep focused. Stay true to the principles. Don't turn to the right or the left. And then he says that you may be successful wherever you go. In a minute, I'll read to you one where he talks about being prosperous and successful. Someone say, well, what are we talking about? You know, is this like the prosperity gospel thing? No, 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 I'm not talking about, this isn't about vehicles and clothing or anything. What we are saying though, in, in the terminology of the Bible here, we're talking about there's a better way to do it. And he says to him, he didn't tell him you're not gonna have a problem. If you know the story, he's going to Jericho, there's a big battle, he's got Achan, who's got a problem there, he has to deal with some of that. So he's gonna have all kinds of things navigating through this, he says, look, but we're gonna get there and you're gonna get there in a better fashion if you'll do it my way. If you'll do it my way, there'll be an overall sense of health and blessing on it if you navigate it my way along the way. I wanna tell you just personally, just personally I've navigated a lot of different changes in life, probably like some of you, professionally, relationally, one thing you may not know, we started Milestone Church 17 years ago, but I pastored three other churches, and so this is the fourth church, actually, that I pastored, so I've moved a fair amount, been in different contexts, different cities, different locations, different circumstances. I've navigated now at my station in life, kids at different phases of life, been through a lot of transitions, walked with people through difficult transitions, had some my own, 
health challenges with family. I've, I've been through those. Can I share with you something I've learned along the way and why it's important for me as I preach this message to you to be reminded of some of these things that he told Joshua. I have a tendency, maybe like you, to sometimes, as God maybe even leading me to that next place, I've made the mistake of being led by myself. Okay, let me highly recommend being led by God. And and, and yet, even being led by God to that next place, I tend to forget something, and that's this. When you move to the next place, a lot of times what we're like, okay, I want the different, but can I keep the same? (laughs) As our church has grown, well, God's obviously leading us to reach people and touch people, but what I always underestimate is every time God calls us to the new place, well, there's things I have to change. There's things I'm like, well, I don't wanna change. Well, God says, look, well, that's part of the change. That's part of the new thing. Maybe, let, me, let me make this real. I, I meet people who are like, well, well I'm, I'm moving to this promotion. I'll be talking to them about it. I'm like, well, have you, have you thought about the opportunity cost with that? Have you, have you thought about what that's gonna mean? Because what I find is we want the new role. Man, I'm getting a new role, praise the Lord. I'm getting a new, new position, nah. And it's like, but I wanna do the same thing. It doesn't work that way. Young people having kids. Come on, I'm a lot of young families in our church. And Brandy and I were married five years before we had a child. And I'll meet them and they'll say, man, I'm just, I was like, what's wrong? Like, I don't know, man, I, I just don't have any friends. Well, let me, let me explain that to you. You decided to have a baby. You, you started getting excited about having a baby. Remember when you were excited? When we were having babies, you didn't have baby moons. You didn't have gender reveal parties. Come on, older people, you know what I'm talking about? We've been so excited about this baby. We've been excited about this baby before the baby was conceived. We've been excited about this baby. We're having puffs of blue smoke and it's gonna be a boy. And then you had the baby. And then you're like, well, none of my friends without babies wanna be friends with me anymore. Cause you got a snotty nose crying baby. That's why they don't wanna be friends with you anymore. And then you got two or three. And what we do is we go, man, I want this. I want the promotion, I want the next place, but can I have something same? Now I want it different, but can I have it same? Hold on a minute, you sound crazy. People, I've met people. Now, by the way, I'm not saying God cannot move you. He may move you, and I hope you go and represent Christ well. But I find this, people go, well, I'm moving across the country, I'm gonna take a new job, $50,000 more, whatever it is. And the number one question I get asked, because we're in a mobile society, Pastor Jeff, not that we're the only church, but they found a little small group. They got some friends. They're growing in Christ. They take a new job. They come to me. Their first question, can you tell me where there's a church just like Milestone in Wisconsin? No. We're not moving to Wisconsin. You you can't have, oh, well, I want this, but you didn't factor in the other opportunity cost into it and ask God if he's leading you. What am I saying? I've done this, we need to always understand that every time God's leading us to a new season, there's different. There's different, and he wants to help us with the different, and some of you go, what do we do to get help with the different? How do you live well through change? Number one, you realize change doesn't create the challenges. The challenges come with change, but it doesn't create the internal challenges and pressures. It just reveals our hearts along the way. That's why you're a little more testy in that move because it's revealing where your trust really is along the way, where your peace really is. Change introduces us to where our hearts really are and so we struggle through it and that's why God had Joshua 
All these millions of people, Joshua 3, 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things through you. Everybody wants God to do amazing things through them. Everybody wants to do something amazing in life. Everybody wants to, if you will, conquer. They're going to conquer some cities. They're going to possess the promised land. But here's a little thought. You need to consecrate before you conquer. Why do I talk to you about what we see in this, this, these passages here about getting anchored to the word of God, learning worship, learning how to walk with God, learning how to build your internal character? Can I tell you something? Again, as a pastor, we have more change than ever, but we have less character. We have less of the old school. We have less of sitting under the word, reading the Bible, worshiping God, building a deep foundation, and yet we have a thirst for more change. Nothing wrong with the change God's calling you to, but you better have the consecration level to anchor you to him if you're going into the change. You better do some of the hidden, unseen things if you wanna still have relationships in the change. If you still wanna have peace in the change, you better consecrate before you conquer. If you're gonna conquer, you're gonna need consecration in your life. You say, what's consecration? Sounds kinda crazy. It just means you have an internal holiness that's representative of God, not based on your own self. Remember, Joshua's a type and a shadow of Jesus. Jesus leads us to a place where he comes and he moves into our lives in a relational way where he changes us from the inside out. That's why Hebrews says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You, 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 where your trust is will be tested in major transitions in life. And here's the good news about Jesus. He doesn't change. He, he doesn't change. If you find your identity in him, if you find your peace in him, if you find your hope in him, if you live for the audience of one Jesus in your life, it's not to say you're not gonna have a stressed out day. It's not to say you're not gonna have pressure. It's not to say you don't have some difficult moments, but you'll have a foundation that is different. We had our staff prayer time this week and I had one of our young uh, pastors was up praying and I was standing in the back and I just really got emotional. He was praying passionately for students to accept Christ. This Wednesday, we had almost 1,100 students here on Wednesday night and 83 gave their lives to Christ. And I'm gonna tell you, yeah, it's a great place to cap. All of heaven rejoices. We're a church of multiple ages and multiple generations, but I will tell you this, as a parent, we do everything we can to expose our children to the greatest resources to be successful in life. We want them to read Joshua and say, I'm gonna have my way be prosperous and successful. We have them in every dance lesson, every ball game, every different thing we can. Nothing wrong with any of that. But the reason I got about it, the Bible's back there emotional is what those 83 kids got on Wednesday night is the greatest anchor for everything they're gonna face in their life. And, and in fact, that person, Jesus, will last with them into eternity after all this stuff we're worried about doesn't even matter and most of it burns up. Jesus is the anchor that you need. I wanted to make this real for you, so I wanted to show you, and it's a, it's a radical transition, I'm telling you, what you're about to see. It's a lady in our church, a friend of mine, Karen. I asked her if I could share her story, and I want us to watch this. She shares uh, the story of a, a radical, challenging, very painful transition, but I want you to hone in on as well into how she navigates it and what God's been showing her. Watch this story with me, and I'll come back, and we'll look at a few others. 
Lake Murray, 2014, October. God was up here at a 50-foot level. I mean, we believed in God, but we believed in God that was just being up there, that yes, maybe died on a cross, really wasn't even sure about that. And I think I just was really at the part in my journey, like I just wanted to find out more. Milestone is pretty much my first church. You're at a point where like, it's just gonna take that step of faith to step out. And I really knew in my heart that if a smidge of what I was hearing was true, that it was way better than what I was trying to do on my own over here. And so I gave my life to Christ and that really was day one of my journey. Alan and I went on a anniversary trip and I remember I had my head on his chest and like I could just kind of feel a twitch. And I looked down at his legs and they were all just kind of firing, you know, like when you get a, a twitch. And so I'd ask him, I was like, what, you know, how long has that been going on? Like it's been going on a while. He was diagnosed with ALS. We lost Alan October 2017. Alan loved his family with everything he had. He brought those kids alongside in everything that he did. He loved God's creation. He loved being outdoors, hiking, camping. I mean, he was the guy that everybody makes fun of because he would love to grab his chainsaw and knock down a tree. And I think he was so grateful to have a resource of the Bible, God's Word, to show him how to do that well. Everybody would ask me, how can we help? And so they would come in and be like, this is what you need. I think we had meals provided for a year. People come in and take care of the house. We had people do the lawn. We had a group of men who would come and pray over Alan. But then they would come and stand outside my house and pray. And the best part about it is God's kindness in that towards the end, I was able to have a conversation with Alan to tell him that we're gonna be okay. Not one time on this journey, have we felt alone? In this season, fear is a real thing. And I found myself picking all the teeny tiny battles that I could control. So in my God complex and my self-righteousness, I figured, okay, well, if I can do the puppet strings here, then maybe it'll produce the outcome that I want. The moment that I am fixating on the what ifs, I've just completely cut myself off from my lifeline to the Lord. Sometimes you just, you just kind of want a pity party for a minute, you know? And sometimes you just kind of want to have the three-year-old fit where I, I didn't choose this. I don't want to be here. I don't really understand this. And Lord, I, I'm kind of mad about it. He's okay with us wrestling. He's okay with us struggling. But as long as we're wrestling towards Him and not away from Him. When I surrendered my life to Jesus, it wasn't just to believe a couple things. When life is going like peachy keen. When I start my day with God and His truths, it's a choice. It's a simple thing. Sometimes <laughs> it's not the easiest, but it's truly where the peace, the joy, and the goodness lie in our lives. And that abundant life that He wants to give us, that's where we can find it. I 100% know that Jesus prepared me for a moment such as this. And 
prepared to fight, to battle, to know that I have authority to do that. Fears are going to creep in, but here's the deal. As God just calls us to rest and fix our eyes on Him. It's, what do you got next? How am I supposed to walk through it? How can you be glorified in it? And how can I maintain this amazing life of peace that surpasses all understanding when we're going through these crazy transitions? It's being okay with the unknown and it's surrender to the one who really has the plans for us. I want to say thank you to Karen. She, she is a member of your church family and has been walking through this. And I just received so much from her journey. And I was a part of um, the funeral that happened a couple of years ago. But on the phone with her a couple of weeks ago, I want to express something to you And I want to say thank you to all of you that have loved this family so well. I'm always amazed by you. Um, As she talked to me, she said, Pastor, you don't understand. People have mowed my grass for a year. People took care of me. and, and And you heard her say, I've never felt alone. The Bible says pure and undefiled religion is to take care of orphans and widows. And I want to tell you, I'm honored to be a part of this family where you take care of people like Karen. Unbeknownst to me, and I hear about you, and my heart swells going, man, that's the family I'm a part of. So thank you for being that church and loving her. But I think, yeah, yeah, it's a great place to clap. We want to keep being that church, remembering that's where people are. And I listen, though, to her, and I want to, I want to look at Joshua a little bit more here for a moment. I'm closing, but I want us to look a little bit at some of the things she said. The second thing you have to do is you have to deal with the negativity that can control you regarding change and transition. It can come your way. Notice she said, when I start my day with God, when I spend time with God, when I let God control the narrative and the lies in my head, she's communicating something that actually we see in Joshua. Keep this book of the law. I said it earlier, but look what he says more specifically always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. You're gonna live through this change that's coming here, Joshua, if you will do it my way. And yet negativity rules the day in our world today. We analyze all of the challenges and circumstances in negativity. Can I just encourage you to start letting the tone of God's word start to be something that is exalted in your home, in your family, in your relationships. In fact, some of you are new and you come to our church here, you come in maybe and you're like, man, these guys are singing and there's all these people seem so excited. Well, even worship, making worship part of your life. I'm not talking about necessarily the demonstrative fashion or even the songs. I'm talking about a lifestyle of worship. Even when we come here, the reason we exalt God, when Betsy was calling on us, let's make God big. He inhabits the praises of his people. That's not just something you do when you come in here. That can be part of your everyday life to change the atmosphere of your world where you exalt God above the circumstances and situations in your life. And here's the third most practical thing that I would give you if you're walking through transition and change is you have to just keep moving forward. I know it seems simple. I know it seems practical, but you have to 
move forward. You keep taking those steps day by day, moment by moment, you take those steps. Look what happened in this story, in this just the transition part of the story. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, notice this, when they carried this ark and the priests come, all the people now, they're transitioning, when their feet touched the water's edge, look what happened. Their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing, it piled up in a heap a great distance away, all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground, if you're in between, sometimes it means, and this is a pattern in scripture, there were those that were healed as they went. Sometimes it's just by simply be strong and courageous, don't let fear dominate you, follow toward what God's leading to you and just take that step forward and even in that act of faith, even when you do it afraid, the waters are parted. This is the second time this has happened. The first time, it wasn't with them putting their foot in the water, but God parted the Red Sea. Now he parts the Jordan River and they cross over because he leads us all the time. He leads us from something to something, but we participate in the process. And let me tell you what stops us a lot of times. Let me tell you what gets us stuck, what paralyzes us. Overanalyzing the future. Overanalyzing the future brings fear into the present. We have so much ability to analyze and to understand and there's good things about more information, but we need more reliance on the information of God's word than the information we can produce with all of our human wisdom. Overanalyzation of the future brings fear into the present and it'll just get you paralyzed. Can I encourage some of you that are in the middle of that transition? Just step forward. For some of you, I just wanna encourage you, maybe just your step is to join us over the next few weeks. Get involved, we got a team ready to help you. Get involved, get involved in a group. Go with us on this Live Well journey. We're gonna be talking about some very specific areas of life. Some of you, it may be a step to say yes to Jesus. That's, that's what you, 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 you've been doing a lot of life transition and change without Jesus. Let me recommend, he's the anchor for your soul. He's the only one that can satisfy. Some of you, you've been walking through transition and it's, it's just, you haven't, you haven't consecrated, you haven't, that, that's been the last place you've gone and God's saying to you this weekend, okay, let's, let's get back to dealing with what's happening here. This change is revealing your heart and others of you maybe just needing the courage to take that next step. I wanna pray for you, no matter what step you're at in the middle of transition, I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me so I can pray for you. There's some of you here, Maybe you just need to take that step of saying yes to Jesus. You just need to make that commitment and Jesus is there ready saying yes. I'm gonna ask you, unless it's an emergency, to not move around for just a minute, okay? Just if you would, just, just this is an important holy moment for people. We'll, we'll, we'll help you in just a moment, but just if you would, just, just, just stay seated just for a moment. Be the most important moment in some people's lives. There, there are people here right now. God's used the change. He's used the transition, and he's used it as a tool to get your eyes focused on the fact you need a savior. You need a leader. You need the one to take the reins of your life, and maybe you're at that place where you're ready, and you just wanna say, yes, Jesus, here's my life. I bring you my sin, I bring you my mistakes, I bring you my pain, I bring you my circumstances, I bring you my whole life. Jesus, I'm thankful you died for me on the cross, you rose from the dead, I want you to become my Jesus, my Lord and Savior. 
If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know. Maybe fill out a communication card at the end of the service, drop it in one of the containers, come forward, come to 101, come out of the crowd, let us know so we can help you start taking steps. But I believe there's a second group of people that God specifically put this message on my heart for. And you say, I've been dealing with a lot of transition, pastor. Would you just pray for me? I'm not gonna embarrass you, but as an act of faith, you might just say, that's me. You're talking to me. Would you just lift your hand up real quick, just anywhere and say, that's me. Okay, good. Lots of you. Father, I pray right now. Lord, for those in this room right now facing those changes and circumstances, I pray that today's message would go beyond just words from my mouth to revelation for their hearts. I pray the truth of your word would be exalted above every lie of the enemy, the negativity, the fear. I pray, Lord, that they would choose to consecrate, to to deal with the things of their heart, Lord, to prepare for where you're taking them, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would get their eyes off the analyzation and things that bring fear and that they would move forward into what you've called them to, Father. I thank you that you are gonna see them through in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast's app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.